racing everywhere. Oh, who else? McDonald, Welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast, episode 121. The Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast is two blokes that have known each other forever who catch up most days in the Melbourne CBD to talk everything Essendon Football Club. My name is Grant and with me is Scott. But before we go along with the show right now, we'd like to, to show you some audio we recorded live from Marvel Stadium after the show, after the game. <laughs> that's pretty much that sums it up for me that's um through gritted teeth angry and pretty much that sound effect how are you scotty i I've come to terms that we lost that game. I will say that. Uh, it was not a pretty drive home for both of us. No, it, it was It was silence <laughs> punctuated by a lot of swearing. I'll say a lot of swearing. Um, but silence punctuated by swearing through gritted teeth and just sheer disbelief um, at how we lost that game. It, yeah, yeah. Um it's amazing how much just the first round has to has to unpack. Uh, there's so much feels like there's so much to discuss in this game. And then, you, but then you temper that by saying it's one game and it's the beginning of the year. And I, I've said this on Facebook. I I I put that on the on the FB page. I said I went no 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 no. Everybody take a big deep breath because it's one game and debutantes and no 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 no. Let's not sort of deposit baby with bathwater but trust us um bomber fans we have been over the last couple of days just stewing on it just stewing on it left and right that was under no circumstances should we have lost that game no and that's that's kind of where you know the uh, hopefully i can um talk through what my what i've been thinking right and it's gone all over the place there's two parts to it. Uh, we should not have lost that game, and it's unacceptable that we lost that game. And I have no problem saying that uh, we were in a position where the Hawks were twelve to one up in the first quarter, and then from that moment on, which is around about the six minute mark to halftime, we've we've outscored them by fifty points. We we're mm-hmm. well and truly dominating that game. The midfield was adhering to the game plan. They were running both ways. The pressure was high. Halftime happens. Um, and, and it was, and this is where uh, an interview with um, Liam Shields I found very interesting on SEN. So he, he's talking a little bit about the situation. And as predicted, uh, Clarkson absolutely gives him a rocket at halftime. And, and it would be a Clarkson rocket. I don't care if it is a lesser team than what he's used to. He would have placed an Exocet missile in the rear end of every one of those players. Exactly. Uh, but not only that, he identifies two players that are uh, having a major influence on the game. So he's he put Shields to have a run with role on Merritt. Uh, and then he actually puts, I think, and his name's Moore. Sorry if I get that wrong. 
Uh, Who cares, but he, though? He puts a body also on Heppel uh, to nullify his um, control from half From half back, yeah. So there's a big coaching move there. And then obviously they've come out smoking on fire. Uh, Mitchell, O'Meara. And this is where um, we've got to grow as a club uh, because Truck, in his own admission, said he felt like they played it safe uh, after half time. And as is, it, is, he, is he talking about himself or the players? Players. So he's talking so about. So it, it, it wasn't what he wanted. Well, no, he. Uh, I mean, you've got Truck saying that he felt they played safe. You've got Harrison Jones sort of saying after the game, Truck basically told the players, you just went away from our system. Uh, and then Truck then has to work out why that's the case. Uh, why would you not think Hawthorne would come out angry? Yeah, that's, that's, the, that's one of my main questions, yeah. But then also, uh, what made you go away from the system? And, and the more I think about this, the more I'm going to highlight the midfield. Um, because I, I've, I've unfortunately had to watch the replay to get some more understanding of, mm-hmm. of what went on. And it is quite obvious there's some midfielders that went very forward of the ball. Uh, and after halftime. After halftime. I mean, no doubt they nullified Merritt's influence. Merritt had 20 possessions to halftime. Ended with 31, had a pretty good last quarter. But in that third quarter... Shields nullified his whole influence. Okay. Uh, Heppel then got a little bit removed from the game, I felt. Like, probably close to my best on ground at yeah. that time, by the way. Yeah. And I'll talk very, very positive on him, on him later on because of where he's come from. Yep. Um, so I'm not putting much on him. Um, but, you know, so you've got Merritt nullified. Shield has, you know, nine or ten possessions and two goals to half time. Great stuff. Ends up only about four or five more possessions for the rest of the game. Devin Smith went quiet, and this is – Parrish went quiet, and, and this is where Colwell actually went very yeah. – you know, just had a polar opposite to the first half. And, and this is where um, Essendon as a whole has to get better because that midfield group is so key to a lot of things um, that once that engine kind of stopped to a halt – Hawthorne obviously put seven goals unanswered and end up kicking eight for the the quarter. From what a whole half of effort to get to a thirty nine point lead to get that wiped away in twenty odd minutes later, uh, that's what I mean by unacceptable. Because I'm not putting it on Nick Cox and I'm not putting it on Harry Jones. And I understand the narrative around Harry Jones and I get kicking straight. I understand that. But what I am talking about one thing we can control is experienced players who've been at the club five or so more years, the Parishes, the McGraths, Merritts, Shield, Smith. That's our midfield. Colwell, I can accept as a 20-year-old. I, I won't, I'm not going to put that on him, that he had a, a poor second. Or well, not poor, but just, just miskicked. Yeah, it was yeah, poor. Bad kicking. Um, but these guys are not first-year players. They are they are leaders, uh, Merritt, McGrath, um, and... You know, I, I add McGrath, but I thought he actually played very, very, very well. 33 um, touches, 11. But I'm tackles. talking as a unit. There's several plays that I, I'm a bit of a nerd when I watch a replay. There's several plays that I just quickly paused and paused and paused and paused. And I just wanted to see their positioning. And so many times um, they were forward of the football and their opponent 
was nowhere to be seen. What does that mean forward of the football, right? What what is I know what it means. I mean they're they're ahead of heading towards our goal ahead of the football. But why is that a it, would you describe it as a bad thing? I I do because what had happened is you've got to identify that Hawthorne started to get the clearances. So what were they trying to do being ahead of the ball? Well, they're probably playing a little bit my mean is to be blunt. Um they're they're being front runners. They're, they're hoping for they're an outlet handball. Hoping for an offensive that somebody else in the pack, the somebody else is going to get the ball and they'll be five meters ahead of everybody else and they're going to run. So they're looking for a cheapie. Yes, but yes. Um and that's kind of what started happening. And and I think even our our half forward line started to um, you know, really reduce our pressure. You had um uh I don't know the guy's name. Sorry, um, uh, who was it? The on our forward flank. No, MP. Um, who cares? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it will come to me. And the and the other guy that was obviously bolting out of their halfback line. Yep. Um, we, we just suddenly couldn't shut those guys down anymore. Uh, so defensively, we just broke down and we played individual. Um, and and the good news is, out of all that. <laughs> Is it is Chuck's first game, mm-hmm. and he now has an opportunity to set a clear message this week. It doesn't have to be like I'm going to kill people, you know that kind of thing. Yeah. But it has to be a we've worked on a game plan the whole preseason. That game plan, for the most part, was carried out the first half. If you want to go back to your 2019 and 20 ways, that's what you get. And isn't it a pain in the ass to lose by one point against our rival? So understand the reason why the Richmond Football Club is a very happy club is because each player runs out with a role to play for the greater good of the team. Four quarters. We still have to get to that point. Four quarters consistent play for the whole team. Run back defensively. Pick up your man. You know, if if you're if you're not if you're understanding that, you know, I think Amira had something like nine clearances. If you're understanding that the clearances are in the third quarter are not going your way, recognize that. Be professional, going, okay, we might have to get one or two. I might have to go a bit more defensive side of the ground. Um, so there's no overlap. So it's just it's just um recognizing that things aren't going your way as much as they were and how do I stop the bleeding uh, to, to rectify getting your momentum back? Well said, old boy, well said. Now, can I, and I'd love to get your feedback on this. It, it's I don't want this to be described as an excuse as to why we lost um, a 40-point lead, but how about this? In the first half, and I agree with what you sort of said, we had this conversation on the way home in the car, and that is Truck has a really good he, – He's it was a poxy game and we lost it, and it's Hawthorne, which just, man, it gets my – you know what. But um, Truck's got a really good opportunity, right? I'm assu- I assure you he walked into the, um, to the post-review room or whatever the hell they do. He didn't have a smile on his face. Right, and I can assure you of that. And a few players would have just got told about what happened and what they didn't do. But he's got an opportunity, further to what you said, to say, "Listen, guys, we trained all preseason. We are a linking, handball, hard running, 
moving forward kind of club now. And for the first half, we lowered our eyes, we started to hit targets, and it was as pretty as Christmas Day, right? And now all he has to say is he just has to point to that second half and say, that's what happens if you don't do it. It's got not, not a lot to do with the coaching because the other part too is people go, oh, we should have put Hooker back, we should have done this, we should have made changes, we should have made changes. Look, I understand. I, I think making big changes like that is becoming less and less popular in the coaching fraternity, right? Because I think Truck, in his first game against Hawthorne, he almost taught the players a lesson by saying, no, you know, I'm not going to move Cal Hooker down there to try and save the world and, and help um, Aaron Francis and help these guys. I'm going to teach them a lesson about how to keep your head up and try and work your way out of a, out of a hole that we were continually falling, falling and falling deeper into. So I think he's, I, I would love to ask him the question, did you deliberately let that run? Yeah. And you know, I, you know, I've, there's a lot of people that have the hooker move back uh, scenario. Uh, look, I'm kind of 50-50 on it. It's like it, it's – We can't keep moving him down there. I think the only reason you – I thought you may move him down there because we actually had no recognised tall back. Like the the other guys were too, too small. Yeah, uh, but, but he'd been too small for three quarters. Right? They, he's, they're playing Cal Hooker as a forward. Right? Yeah. And that, that's it. And unless if, if you go in with Francis and, and um, Laverde, then that's who you go in with. If Kale Hooker is a swing man and at the first sign of problems, i.e. that second goal is the, the, at the beginning of the third quarter, if you drop Kale Hooker back there, Aaron Francis and Jaden Laverde are never going to learn. But I, I, can I do a counter-argument to that? The only problem was that the scenario happened where Clarkson was smart enough to recognise that and so what he did was have Segler or Ben McAvoy be permanent either way of being full forward. And then the problem was we had no – they didn't – you know, there's nothing Francis can learn. They're, they're just too big. And that is the perfect counter-argument to Grant. Yeah. So Grant, well, if they put Segler down there, if Aaron Francis is waving at the guy's waist – and there's nothing he can do about it. So to learn a lesson, sure. Put him on a on a player, put Francis on a player that he can play on. If he gets beat, he gets beat. That's the that's the lesson, right? But when they put Segler down there and they put the other tall, whatever his name is, uh, McAvoy, um, down there, and you don't go, oh, well, they're completely outsized down there now. We have to move Kale Hooker. Then it I reckon it's I reckon it's a lesson from Ben because he would have seen it he would have seen it a mile off and at the start of the th- at the third goal he would have gone hang on a minute they're coming at the fourth goal he would have gone well look out look out all hell's breaking loose let's just chuck our hooker down there even as a spare man let's chuck him down there and start taking a few grabs uh, across half back so honestly i think it was a it was a conscious decision from truck to leave him where he was because he wants he wants the players to play their game. And I reckon what he would have been saying was, even at the even at three-quarter time, he would have had the opportunity to say to the players, going, what, what was that? Are you going to play our game plan again this fourth quarter? Everybody would look at him and said, yeah, yeah, we will. Now, he, if, he, if, if he'd seen two quarters of AFL football played the way he wanted them to play it, and we were 40 points up, and all the players were nodding their heads, going, "Yeah, yeah, yeah that 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 third quarter that was that was crap. We won't do that again. Um, we're going to go back to the playing like that we were in the second quarter." And then they just never did it. Truck, trucks, he's mm. between a rock and a hard place. He's looking at the players, going, 
that, that's what happens. You kick across your bloody body and you bomb it into um, to, on top of Waller's head and it's, it's 2019 all over again, right? But he, I reckon he let that play out to teach him a lesson. And I'm kind of okay with it and I'm really, really, really not okay with it. The other factor that I want to add into this conversation yeah. is they ran out of legs. Yeah, it's funny. I, I've, I've heard that. And they definitely did in the last quarter. They stopped moving, man. But but the problem was the problem was it was the third quarter that they lost the game. I, and yeah, I, no, but the, the fourth quarter they lost the game. Third quarter they got overrun, right? But they had 28 minutes or 30 minutes to well, – because what was, it was one point going into the fourth quarter. Yeah, but that's what I mean. Like it's only a two-point – you know, it's basically a tie the last so, quarter. So that's what I mean. So if, if they had enough – legs in them to to run they could have oh, it was a poxy side it's a poxy real bad side and again at the start of a fourth quarter if you don't mi- let eight goals get no you don't and this is my point is that's that they ran they, but that's where they lost the game that's what i'm saying that's the whole point of losing yeah no in yes, 20 minutes yes. in 20 minutes you've done 60 fine but if it was if they were up by 40 points at the start of the fourth quarter you've lost the game but they were just all they did was get all Hawthorne did was get back into the game and all Essendon did was allow them to get back into the game to the tune of two points going into the fourth quarter wherever the the tiny number was at the start of the fourth quarter it was 0-0 and we didn't perform because we ran out of legs now that's really disappointing Right, if we if we're going to be that hard, because the first half we ran more than I've ever I've seen this club run in I don't know how long. We were linking handballs, we were running like mad. Hindy ran almost out of the stadium, Forrest Gump style. Merritt was going insane. McGraw was going insane. Caldwell looked like he'd been there for ten years. It was pretty to watch. We we, we ran out of. Tickets in the last quarter, man, and then we couldn't, we couldn't run and play that game that the truck would have set at three quarter to the start of the fourth quarter or three quarter time. You're gonna play like we we wanted you to play. You're gonna play like that. All the heads would have been nodding, and then they've got nothing left in the legs. Mm. So that's the other reason why we couldn't. We 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 went back and we kicked a couple of goals, and they overran us again. So legs is not my number one um, excuse for this uh, for this ish, for the loss. It's a contributing factor, but then it's a whole nother podcast to discuss them. Why are these blokes running out of gas in the fourth quarter? Sure, it's their first game. Sure, it's a limited preseason, all those sort of things. But, geez, if we're going to be that running, 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 high energy, getting our hands in, disrupting things and doing all that sort of stuff, if we're going to be high energy, we've got to be able to run four quarters. Because like you said, Richmond, they play within their means. They... They can run four quarters out comfortably and you get 40 points up. If Richmond gets 40 points up on you, there is zero chance, nil, of them being overrun by a club with higher effort because they just won't have it. So, that, again, that's another – it's another interesting thing for me to see that we've got a lot of kids in that side and, sure, sometimes they run out of puff. But I, I kind of agree with you more when you said that Shields, Smith, Merritt, Parrish and those guys should not have run out of puff. No, well, they well, I don't see it as running out of puff. That's just personally me, but that's but they did not. Well, we're, I'm talking third quarter when I, I, we just have a philosophy difference here. They lost the game in the third quarter. No, that but it was it was it was two points going into the fourth if, quarter. If you have rectified an eight goal swing in the last quarter to to nullify it to near zero, you're the third you're, quarter. You're both running okay in the last, aren't you? Like. 
No, but well, but this is my point is we, <laughs> we spent all our tickets in the first half, man. Uh, this is the thing. You, you, if we had of, if it had been if it had been an even score going into the start of the third quarter, and Hawthorne put forty points on us to nil, then that would have been they would have been forty points up, and that would have been we lost the the game in the third quarter. But we were up by forty points going into the third quarter. Right at the end of the third quarter, it was nil all. It was basically nil all. So we went into the fourth quarter and had every opportunity in the world to win it. Every opportunity in the world. We just had our rear ends handed to us um, on a silver platter. We would have been feeling crap. And all we had to do was beat Hawthorne in the thir- in the fourth quarter and we would have won it. I don't care if we won it by a point. We could have won it in that last quarter. But unfortunately, we didn't have the tickets left in the fourth quarter to be able to do it. Okay. I'll, I'll have to... I'll- Disagree. Yeah, of course, that's right. I can understand that. Uh, look, I, I do get both. I felt both teams were tight the last 15 minutes. Absolutely. Both were really and, tight. And in every, all eight games. Every game I watched. Absolutely. People, and, and, and it's, but it's, it's so. It's a faster game with the new rules. And, yeah, it is. And, and they, everyone was blowing very hard. And Essendon's game plan just happens to be running, running, running. Yeah, handballing, handballing. Very handball, isn't it? Yeah, 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 very. And that's why I think Truck sort of didn't move Kale Hooker and he didn't move um, Dyson Heppel and he didn't move these guys because you could hear him, whenever you hear him talk, he says, we want to play our game plan. We want to play our game plan, play our game plan. I hear that a lot from modern coaches now that they don't care what your game plan is. They don't care about the opposition's game plan. They're not, I mean, unless you've got Dusty or somebody like that, but um, they're not worried about the opposition's game plan. They're all we're worried about or they want to see their players play their game plan because they believe that if the players play the game plan that they are supposed to play, then they'll win. No matter what the opposition does, we've got the better game plan and that's how we win the game. Sometimes that works if you're Richmond um, and sometimes you get blown out in third quarters. So... But it's it sucks because you've got to you've got to everybody by the way you've got to apply a level of of calm and deep breath because it quite literally is Truck's first game of for football right um, as the as the proper head coach in a in a in a four four points game and Kara's new and all the other coaches are new and five debutants are in that game and Franger was playing um, undersized and. It's Laverde's first game or first real game down there, and it's Heppel's first real game down there, and it's Ned's first. All of these, all of these things that go on top of it, it's really it's unacceptable. But you have to take them into account. Well, that's I mean that's the whole point, right? Is in some ways, <laughs> it, it, I'm I'm not trying to be smart here, but. In a year where you're building wins and losses, uh, have a little bit of a different feel to uh, it. I agree. Um, because the whole idea is you want to build a side, um, and, and you know I'll, I'll kind of end on 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 this note before we go to a break. Um, th- there's been a lot of commentary on Harrison Jones and and Ned Cahill and Cox, and I've had personal messages and texts, or they all should be dropped and all this sort of stuff. Um, a lot of people are going to disagree with me on this, so I'm sorry, but it's all opinions. I respect yours. Um, and I come from the 93 era, right? And this is – I've seen James Hurd's first game. I've seen Joe Watson's first game. Uh, and I know what it is to – I feel like I know what it is on how to build a team. 
if Truck and Carousella believe Cahill, Jones, Cox, uh, the future, um, and they know they need, in AFL terms, experience, and because mm-hmm. VFL is different, oh. whether people like it or not. Absolutely. AFL is a high-speed uh, tempo. If that's, you know, Cahill's playing in the position they want him to play, down back. Cox is playing on the wing. They want to play that. So they're playing in the positions they want them to be educated on. In a building, developing year, if you're serious about building a premiership side and those coaches believe that those players are going to be part of that, do not drop them, any of them, this week. I agree. I, you know, I would be more ruthless on a player who has more experience. Like I, and I'm not saying to drop this guy, but I'll give you an example. Brayden Ham had a very quiet game. You know, he has to know Archie Perkins is coming up very fast behind him. Uh, and at some point, Brayden Ham has to get away from 12 or 13 possessions a game um, to 2021, 20, having more impact. And that's what I mean by that scenario. If, if, they're the kind of the the players who have been around a couple of years, had games, um, and I feel like I'm not seeing too much more else out of them. And then you just that little that little thing in the back of your head goes, "It's one game." Exactly. A- yeah. Again, and that's the other thing. I agree with you. Because I, I mean, at- a lot of people have said Francis should be dropped. Right? He no. he played he played against Ruckman half the yeah. time. It's like. He, he made some mistakes. He made it, he made again, some really bad mistakes. I yeah. mean, that was a really that wasn't a good game from Aaron. I no. have no problem saying that. And everyone knows I'm a sponsor of Aaron. <laughs> yeah. That was a poor game. Aaron would see the video. No, it's a poor game. Uh. He misjudged. He, he he misjudged a lot of times where he thought he was going to go up third up to help out. Either missed the ball, went over the back. How many times the ball went over the back? For where easy he, goals. Where yeah. he misjudged it. Had a bad game. But it's also... And this is where maybe the hooker things always. We need to get a tall backman into this. Whether it's Ambrose, Zerk Thatcher, we need to structure up that back line. Cal Hook is a backman. I said it before. I say it a bloody again. I'll, I'll, I'll say yeah. it again. Seriously, you want you want a tall person down in the forward line who gives you structure. Then it's Peter Wright. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, it's Peter Wright. You want a tall bloke down that gives you structure that you can kick to. We just hide. We just we just hired one, and he's two meters tall. Right, so I know that Kale can't exactly run out of sight on a dark night. Um, so he plays around that. He gives us a very deep option. Right, Peter's right's been very mobile. He's been all around the shop. I've been very impressed with the way that guy repeat presents for marks and stuff. Would love to see him clunk a few more. Um, but uh, how he presents and stuff, that's great. So we've got a big, tall, mobile guy kicking around the forward line, and I know they want Kale deep. For the for the kick that isn't to centre oh, half Harry forward. Jones, you mean? No, no, no. They want Kale sitting deep in the forward line. Ned Cahill. What did I just say? Jeez, that was bad. <laughs> Kale Hooker. Oh, Kale. Sorry, Kale. Yeah. Sorry, Kale. Sorry. sorry, sorry, sorry. What did you What did you think? Oh, Kale, as in Ned, Ned Kale. Kale. Yes. Uh, no, no, no. We're, I we're, thought we're, I heard that like a Cahill. A Cahill. Yeah, Cahill. No, they want Kale Hooker uh, deep, right? And I appreciate <laughs> that because it allows them the dump out kick. And that's fine. Honest to goodness, I would prefer at the moment with Mick Hurley indefinite 
and Zerk Thatcher not ready yet, and Ambrose not ready yet, and uh, I think Zerk will be ready. Yes, I believe. Okay, now. so bring bring the boy in, um, give him a crack. But Chuck Chuck hooks him down back, man, where he belongs. And if he's not quite fit enough for that, just I wish somebody would say it. Like if they go, oh look, to to allow Kyle to play his next two years at the club or three or every twenty years, we hope you stay for Kyle. Um, we need to put him in the forward line because it's going to extend his career at the Essendon Footy Club. Then that that's cool, right? Because he's had monsters jumping on him for for ten years and not completely understand. But it's when Kale doesn't have a good game as a forward, it doesn't look real special at all, right? And no. he he will he will every now and then he will kick one through the through the point post from 15 minutes, 15 metres out, and he looked like he tried to kick the casing off the ball. Um, he's much better value to our club down back. And just chuck him down there until BZT's ready or until um, Ambrose comes back and then chuck him forward if you like. But I, well, the, 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 mistake, the mistake, I think, a key mistake I think Truck made, and I'll be honest, that's just, it's just personally me, with not having a tall guy there to help out Francis was actually Ridley's role. Ridley had to be accountable for his man the whole time. So he could not float across packs and set yeah, up set yeah. up our drive. Yeah. Uh and we needed we needed Ridley to be Ridley, right? His, his strength, um, yeah, he's a great defender, no doubt about that. But his yep. strength is is leaving his man and being that kind of third man up, uh, floating across, and then setting up a lot of our drive moving forward. The games that he's been, he's done that in. Kale's been down but back. He had to, yeah, he had to be accountable um, to his, and and you saw a different Ridley. Still played okay, yep. But you didn't have that effect that Ridley has on a game, uh, and that's you know, hopefully Ambrose is full training this week, so we, we're getting some guys coming through. But really, but okay, yeah. well, cool. Let's uh, let's have a break. Take a breath. And uh, <laughs> it's because it, half of it's because it's Hawthorne. Yeah, seriously, this is just a Scotty and I since the since we came home in the car, we've been talking, we've been talking while we're at work. Uh, it's just because it's the half of it's Hawthorne, and it, and it's because I it's hate so, it. I hate losing. I to hand, I think I hated more that we handed them four points. Yeah, and I just I and they're laughing. I know, they're and laughing, I, man. Yeah. You know they're laughing. I, and I'm trying to temper it because I know it's just round one, and I know so much has changed in the off season. It is Deb, so blackened, sort of bipolar, sort of five guys put on the jumper for this time, all that stuff. We go. I'm getting it in my head. Yeah, I understand that, but. I did not like the Essendon Football Club handing a rival four points. Oh, the yes. rival. Apart from Collingwood and Carlton, and you can interchange those three blokes, uh, those three teams. It's Hawthorne, man. If it was Frio, I'd, who cares? But it's Hawthorne. It just kills me. It really kills me. Q Rage. <laughs> Hey, welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast. Now then, what are we going to do next, Scotty? So let's uh, – look, I just want to mention a couple of players, right, just before we go. We've got Alex Morecambe after the break. Yes, uh, AFL – no, VFLW. Yes. And VFLW's and Alex Morecambe. So that would be awesome. So please stick around for the third segment. You're going to hear from Alex. Uh, it'll be really interesting to hear, you know, um, her views. The, the girls have won three in a row. They're on fire. Top four. Flying. Absolutely smashed, Arabin. So, um, yeah, so that would be good to um, – 
that that'll be good to uh, hear from her and 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 uh, get an insight into the BFLW program. Yep. Uh, look, just before we kind of do that, a couple of players I thought I just wanted to mention from the game. I do want to shout out to Heps. Um, it's just good to see him back. Really good to see the boy back. And and his first half was so, so good. Um, I reckon if he saw his time again, maybe in that last quarter in the dying moments, he probably wouldn't run off the ground for an interchange while he's meant to be a, a man on the mark. Really? I don't know if you saw it, but uh, there's one play. It's actually quite a key play, but, you know, the Hawthorne guys marked it. And Hep's meant to be on the mark. He's ran off. Okay. On the interchange. Somebody's waved him off and he's gone. Just, okay, I'll go off. And, all uh, right. And so the Hawthorne guys just sprint up the ground 20, 30 metres. Yeah, okay. So that wasn't, it, a, wasn't his finest moment. Even the experienced blokes make mistakes. So, but, uh, but you know, it was 99% positive on, on, on uh, it's still, that's his first game, senior it's gonna game. Be a good, it's going to be a good role for us down yeah. there. He's, he's going to be. The amount of times that he just he swooped in and did good things. I was also wondering, I thought, I wonder if, you know, in hindsight, but probably not, but I wonder if Truck ever thought, like, I wonder if I actually put Heps in the last 10 minutes of the first, you know, of the of the last quarter, just in the middle, just to, because, you know, just to have a bit of leadership, just yeah, a bit of, I, it was an interesting one. It's just, I just. And again, this is the thing, man, is that there's so many options. Yeah, yeah. There's so many options. And I, oh, I, yeah, I mean, um, what's in Mitchell? Everyone's saying, who? why didn't we tag Mitchell? But There you go. But um, I, I, again, I, 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 I sway to the, to the, to the left when I go so pissed off we lost that game. I sway to the right when I go, yeah, but Truck's trying to teach him a lesson. Like he's trying to teach him a game plan. And if you completely give up that game plan at the first sign of trouble, then you're never going to learn anything. I reckon if that had been a semi-final to get us into a GF, then he would have moved um, uh, He would have moved Hooker back and he would have moved Dyson and all those guys, right? To get us into a GF with a, with, on, a, on, a, on a semi. But... I think I've I've swayed left, I've swayed right, and if we sit somewhere in the middle, it's along those lines. It's yep. a little bit we ran out of gas. It's a little bit the truck's trying to teach these blokes a lesson, and he's got the perfect opportunity now because he can just look at them and say, "See what happens when you don't play the way we teach you." Um, and there's there's a lot of factors that go into me being calm enough to do a podcast. And look, and in all reality, I know it sounds funny, but Mitchell only had two clearances for the whole game. I know he got 39 possessions, but uh, as far as Hawthorne winning the ball, Amira had nine. He was almost double to any player on the ground. Yeah. Uh, so he was actually ended up being a bit more of an engine as far as Hawthorne getting the ball going from, from centre. Neither of them looked like they were on the field in the first half. Yeah, it was just... It was a shootout in the middle, and I think that's. I wonder if that's part of Truck's game plan as well, man. He, he he's back in our midfield to just beat them. I don't think so. Look, I've, I actually I know that's not a fact um, because he's talked about it at length on a few videos and and at training they've done, and which is what he'll be really upset about. They've done a lot of defensive midfield setups, uh, uh, drills. I mean, just drill after drill, hour after hour. Uh, it worked for the first half, yeah, and that's what I mean. System based, you know, he'll be looking at that midfield group, going, guys, uh, you know, where was that wall? Where was that set up? You know, how do they just suddenly get these easy overlaps, thirty meters in space? Uh, Run out of juice. Um, so yeah, 
he will have a few things to ask them. Yeah, and it's, I mean, I, I wouldn't want to be a head coach of an AFL footy club. It's, it's to be too hard. It'd be too, you'd have to invest your entire life into it. But geez, he's got some interesting things to be able to talk to the, to oh, the players about, Oh, he's got about, some man. great teaching. Like, yeah. and, and I know it's, it's always a funny thing. It's always a sarcastic thing that Essendon always say learnings. <laughs> but yeah. unfortunately, when you're the third youngest team all of a sudden in the comp and you've had a big clean out of everyone, yep. unfortunately now it's actually reality that we're going to be a side that learns things. But um, yeah. Uh, he'll have a lot of vision uh, in this game and that third quarter uh, because, you know, even just learning about what happens when a team gets a roll on. I mean, we saw the Bulldogs heavy that, you know, that old 20 goals in a row. I mean, mm. he wouldn't like Hawthorne kicking seven goals in a row. I no, mean, it's, that's, at some point you've got to go, well, no, you know. That's where your veterans, man. That's yeah. what you were saying earlier. That's where your veterans should come in and go, whoa, 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 hang on a minute. One looks like two, two looks like three, three's gone. Oh, nah, okay, Play this some, is insane. Even if you're playing tempo footy, have, having, a, having a spare man back just – Making it hard for them to score. For 10 minutes. Yeah, yeah. Just for 10 minutes. Just chuck somebody down there for 10 minutes to go, whoa, Nelly, um, just, let's just calm that down a little wee smidge and then get us back on even footing again. And if that's the case, you can drag that bloke out of there. So, yeah, look, we're, we're talking like we're coaching experts here at the moment. And if, if Truck would like any consultation from us, we're available. Um, but it's a, it's a learning for him as well. And we, as, as Essendon supporters, we are going to have to accept that Truck's learning. Um, the man's wildly talented, clearly. Truck's learning. The players are learning. And we're learning as we go on, on the run, basically. Yeah, exactly. So um, uh, what was I going to say, Grant? Scotty, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> do, do you need weight music? <laughs> so I was, no, I was going to talk about Andy McGrath. Sorry. There we go. Uh, look, you know, 31, 33 possessions, 11 tackles. Worked his butt off. Yep. Uh, he's actually the one guy I feel like I, when I say midfield group, I feel like I want to cut him some slack because uh, he, he, for me, was easily our best midfielder um, for the whole game. And it would I, have been would have been so nice if him and Zach, if Zach had have continued on with the way he was going in the first half as well. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's not like eleven possessions in the second half is yeah. terrible, but it just he was obviously influenced, that, especially yeah. that third quarter. Shields yeah. really cut him out, um, and you know. That's something for him to even um, grapple with as well. Yeah, I want to I shout out um, Harry Jones because I want to please have people understand his first game um, because I've seen the tweets drop him, cost us, mechanically kicking four floors. If, if he's out there, he should be good enough to make those kicks. And uh, Oh, no, I mean, no, 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 no. I mean, seriously, come on. Like, let the guy just get past his first game. Give him some experience. He's led the club in score involvements in his first ever game. Eight score involvements in his first ever game. One grab marks. One grab marks. He's done a blind turn around a guy and hit and nailed a guy in cold ball 30 metres kick. Beautiful first ever touch of the football. Yep. I am... Have zero concerns. Wildly happy with his game. Man. I more than happy. I understand. Yes, if he kicks straight, we probably win the game. I get all that. Fine. There's so many. There's so many. If he, if he, to about fifteen players. If they did this, exactly. if they did that. Yeah. Um. He's just as more visible because it's kicking for goal, and yep. I get that. But I have, you know, I'll say, keep saying it again. I, you know, you see knackers. You see his reports. You see my reports, watching training. Can only go by what we see. 
He kicks eight out of ten very comfortably. I fully get that on the big stage has the Lloyd and Fletcher signs on either end. <laughs> he's looking Home up, ground, man. first game. He's a mad Essendon supporter. Yep. So add the nerves by 100. And then cast your mind back. Cast your mind back, everybody, to when you were 20. Yes. Right? When you were 20 years old, you weren't at Marvel Stadium with 28,000 people watching you. Like you just said, looking up and seeing M. Lloyd on the on the bloody dirty great big poster. Um, and it's now you who, who are 40 metres out on an angle trying to kick for goal to keep the club into it, right? So cut the boy some slack. That was game number one. I saw him, took four, saw him take four one-grab marks. He is an entirely better better kick of the football than that. And back in the day with the old um, uh, Triple M, the um, rub and all that sort of stuff for those JB and the boys, they never gave worst on field to anybody that hadn't played um, more than, I think, 25 games or 50 games or something like that because they know that they don't know anything yet. You can't yeah. be You can't have SH1T hung on you when you're playing game number one. Like he's like you said, eight score involvements. Field kicking was on point. He took four um, really good grabs. He just miskicked them, man. And that's I bet you a million bucks. Can you imagine if Sheeds in '93, when we in the first five rounds, we lost nearly all of them. Uh, and this is the '93 side playing yeah. kids, <laughs> and we and just had this sweeping brush. I oh, forget that they're Mercury's out, Mercedes yep. out. Yep. Yeah, I, I'm not having this. Yeah, it doesn't work that way. No, not, it's not like with first-year kids If like you that. believe that these guys are your future, play them, experience, this is the year to do it. We're likely not playing finals. Get the heads around it. It's this what it is. I just want to know that the club has a clear mind to build for a premiership. I'll accept it. Nick Cox, yeah, he got nine touches. He had three of the best kicks you would ever want to see from Perfect, a two hundred centimeter player yeah. in your life. Uh, so, I see that, those three plays and going, well, yeah. Once that kid gets fifty games under his belt, he's going to be unbelievable. Twenty five, man. Twenty. <laughs> this is the thing. So yeah, everybody. But he's got to get to fifty games. Like it's yeah. it's it's like I said on the Patreon uh, site. It, it's it's about three years time. It's not three weeks time. It, it's we've got to understand we've got to build a side. Uh, and it sucks that we've got to wait because a lot of the people I've been talking to and interacting with on the Facebook page are saying, "Man, it's the same 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 fifteen years. It's been it's like it's the same as it has been for the last fifteen years. Nothing's changed." Da 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 da. Do you know the problem with that is that yes, we have cleaned a whole heap of blokes out. Danaher did not have a level of confidence in the club. Saad didn't have a level of confidence, and neither did um did Arazio, and they all buggered off. Right now, unfortunately, we are rebuilding as a club. We've picked up three of the best, well, three really good tools and then one incredibly exceptional tool in Josh Eyre um, and Cody Brand. We've picked up tools, right? This is the this is the draft for tools. Yeah. Next year is the draft for smalls. And unfortunately, you can you, you have to click reset. Every time this year, between January and March, every single year, I I just I love the club, but and I think I'm not going to get sucked into the to the hype because me, like everybody else, has been frustrated with the last 15 years of not playing finals. But every single year, you get sucked into it, and to do that, you have to you have to nil everything out. You can't just keep saying it's the same club from 15 years with after one game 
Because it's not, no. man. No, there's like three people at the entire club now <laughs> that remember the saga. Well, I was going to say, Hindy, Coldwell, uh, who else? Ham, Wright, uh, Snelling, Jones, uh, Draper, Cahill, Cox. They don't know the saga. They don't. Yeah, they don't know. They 15 don't know years. our history. They're they're just trying to create new history, and that's, and that's where we've got to get our heads around. We wait. understand we haven't had success in the past, but we do have a whole new coach, a new president, a whole bunch of new players. It is a it is a fresh start. We have got to treat it as a fresh start, and it equals time. And it it, equals, it yeah. sucks, and I get it. It really sucks. as long as we've got the right pro processes in place, and I think we had a good preseason. I think against Geelong, we showed a heck of a lot. We had 27 scoring shots. Sure, we didn't kick straight. Now, again, Hawthorne, we had 26 scoring shots. Yep. But we're putting scores on. Like, well, yeah, we haven't been kicking straight. And maybe that's uh, when you're the second or third most inexperienced side in the AFL. Maybe that's a byproduct of it. Yep. But we're going to, we are going to grow. Understand that when they are on song, you know, they towered up Selwood and Dangerfield the previous weeks. Yeah. You know, they did. The midfield was clearly on top. Yep. Uh, and then the first half against Hawthorne, Mitchell and Amira, um, Amira, they were clearly on top again. Now, that's when they stuck to the process that Trucks and Carousella and Gia is trying to is trying to implement. When they, the the beauty of the whole thing about that loss is the only point is that the coach can now go, I told you so. Yeah. You stick to that plan. We are going to be a good club. We'll just keep growing. But now you know. Buy into it you and you see success. You can clearly have a live demonstration of what I've been teaching you. So, And we're lucky enough, if you take it as a positive, to get it in round one. We're lucky enough to have a really good teaching event. So that's why, like I said, I sway left, I slay right. Slay right. Scott, Scotty's just still fuming. He's gone left, <laughs> he's gone it's, right. It's still a, yeah, I mean, it's it's still an unacceptable loss in some sense. Absolutely. Don't ever forget that. But there's a bigger picture I'm trying to say in and play that's, here. That's where I think we both are with regards to... I'm not to slitting my throat. I'm not, I'm not doing no. anything like that. No, there's no, a no. bigger picture in play. And as long... And, and I'll be very honest, I didn't feel like the previous coach did this, but I think Truck is. As long as there's a coach that is having a really strong desire to teach uh, fundamentals, to teach, you know, he didn't, you know, I'm going to say this. The previous coach plays Stringer this week. Yeah. The current coach may not even play Stringer next week because he wants fully fit performing guys to run out the game. Yeah. Uh, and he has a different mantra. You're going to get a game if you perform. Now, you know, and but I don't believe he'll drop guys on just instant perform. It will be very interesting. That that will be that will be a significant change from. Like, and I agree with what you said. And w- Wusha would would play Stringer next week. Absolutely, he'd play him on a half a football and just hope that he would the have name. Had, he would have had Zerk Thatcher and Stringer in. And, uh, yep. and just to so that's the right guys in the right positions. Not that they are not fit. That's just what the history is, you know. Yeah. Fantasia, Heppel, Heppel admits he played half a year with a broken foot. It's ridiculous. 
And we haven't got him into surgery. I mean, this is that's where we're coming from. And, yeah. and and that's why it's a completely different club. So that's why people, when people say, oh, it's the same thing, it's the same performance over the last 15 years, no way. I, I honestly don't think it would be the case. It would be extremely interesting to see what happens. When's it, when's the game on Friday night or Saturday night? Saturday, 4.30. Saturday, 4.30, right. So we're going to we get the team on Friday. It'll be very interesting to see on Friday what happens. And what yeah. you should have said, does, does, um, does Harry Jones... Go back. Does um, does uh, Nick Cox get a rest or whatever it is? It'll be very interesting to see. And I, I'm gambling to say that I don't think Chuck's that kind of coach. I, I 100% agree with what you should have said earlier in that we we need a plan. If these if Nick Cox is the the kid that's going to be um, helping us win a next premiership and Caldwell is is as well and Ned Cahill is as well, then just keep playing them because they're all a better footballer than what they showed on the weekend and second half in the second (laughs) half of the weekend yeah and for the first half of the weekend they were world beaters so we to to settle on the middle ground Essendon supporters just feel and we he's wrapping me up again he's wrapping me up we'll be fine sorry that was actually a mistake okay I thought he was dude that's harsh um that was a genuine. <laughs> I I leaned my I kind of leaned my hand on the on the uh, on the music pad. Yeah. Can't you should have left it on. That was funny. That was um, <laughs> yeah, no, no. To, 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 just to settle in case I have to go because even the road, even the roadcaster wants you to go. <laughs> just shut up, man. Uh, yeah, look, there, there is a bigger picture of play. I reckon. I reckon trucks. Um, I reckon Truck is fully in control of what happened on the weekend, except for the fact that everybody stopped running. Um, and <laughs> it will be probably, fact. probably probably telling them halfway through this week, hey, guys, don't do not do that again. Um, but, yeah, no, faith people, faith, one game, and everybody, big deep breath. Now, before I go to a break, can I just do one quick shout-out? Oh, I have one more after yours too. There was an absolute lovely couple in front of us at the football. Yes. Did you get their name? I, I'm kicking myself that I, I didn't get my names. Uh, it was quite funny. Me and Grant, obviously, who can talk uh, through a storm. Under, underwater, yep. Um, the couple and uh, lovely couple in front of us uh, just politely turned around and said, are you guys the Lunchtime Catch-Up podcast? <laughs> I mean, we had to admit that we were. Yeah, the, um, old, the old boy that was there is going, you, you're Grant, and you, you're Scott. I can pick the voices. So we were on our best behaviour for the rest of the game. We were. Um, but look, they're absolutely lovely couple. I just wanted to say a quick hi. I know your listeners. Um, I'm terribly rude that I didn't get your names, but I uh, want to give you a nice shout out. Absolutely, and it, and it freaks us out. Trust me, and it truly, we've, that happens, it's been happening a fair bit recently, and it truly, truly freaks us out when people turn around and, and call us by our names because of heard us on the podcast. But thank you very much for listening. My shout out is to Andy McGrath. Now, Andy McGrath, I forget who he was sticking up for. Who got smashed and Andy Oh, Coxie's in. first game, yeah. Coxie's first game, yeah. People were, oh, um, good point. were, were good piling point. into Coxie, and Andy McGrath out of nowhere. Just really lit. Just lit some dudes up, went in with some forearms and just pushed some blokes out of the way, got the remonstration happening, got all in and around um, Big Coxie and let people know that, no, 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 you're not, you're not doing that to the to the first-year player. So Andy McGrath, you, you were telling me in an interview, he said he really wants to take a massive step this year and become an elite midfielder. That's also how you do it um, with, within the club is stick up for the kids like Coxie. So huge shout-out shout to Pidge McGrath. Well done, old boy. Well, I totally agree, and I'm glad I was going to bring that up, and I totally forgot about it, so ha. I'm so glad you remembered. There you go. Uh, can you just say something for a sec? <laughs> we'll be back after the break with Alex Morgan.
and welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast. We are so excited uh, to have a guest, Alex Morecambe from the VFLW side. The uh, girls have been flying lately, uh, so they've won three in a row, a huge win, 67-point uh, win against Derebin on Sunday. Uh, so, Alex, we're so excited for you to join us. Very well, very big welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Now, I, you know, in all transparency, I am still learning a little bit. I'm learning the player's name, so you'll have to sort of bear with me. I'm still, I'm still, I'm still learning. But I, I went to the opening game against the Saints, uh, and I realised that's probably not a great one to start with. We won't, we won't talk the, about that one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, but what I, you know. What I did get out of it, though, um, was just how exciting I was. Like I was, I was genuinely cheering, getting into it, and 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 seeing the girls just go hammer and tong. Uh, and it was it was a little bit brutal, and I was like, "This is fantastic!" And uh, <laughs> and you know, just to see you girls um, really start to click the second half. I know the the result kind of wasn't there in the end. Uh, I was actually just talking on the podcast here, just saying I reckon that momentum might flow on to next week because it felt like they kind of got it. Uh, is that how you kind of see that? See it kind of initially? Of course, yeah, yeah. I think um, that that first game we sort of we came away from it, and I think we knew that we could have done better. And sort of that second half, we showed how we can play. I think maybe we just had a slow start um, for that first half, but definitely came away from the game knowing that we could um, could improve from there and that we had more more to put out there and, um, yeah, that we could do better. Well, I mean, I, I must admit, I, I haven't been to a game yet. Uh, but from what Scotty was telling me, I'd, my, the, the main focus that Scotty had was uh, it was great to see um, another 22 Essendon players running around, which, um, which, well, we, <laughs> which we absolutely love. We, um, now, my, my main question is, uh, for those, again, that potentially don't know as much, what are the strengths of the Essendon VFLW side? Yeah, I think um, we're, we're a fun side. We like, we have a lot of fun while we're out there, but um you know, we, we play hard and I think we have a lot of a lot of good runners out there. We have, um, you know, a bit of speed in our side and also we're tough, I think. So we're um, we're willing to go out there and um, give it our all. So, yeah, there's definitely, definitely some um, big positives. But I think also just sort of going back, I, I sort of forgot to mention that for us, you know, we haven't, we've had quite a bit of time off football. So like yeah. having last year away from it. And I think coming back into this year, you know, we were all very excited to get back out there. And I think um, that that's a big thing for us, getting back out there and just getting back to doing what we love and, and yeah. putting it all out there on the field. So can I ask, yeah. can I ask uh, when you got to uh, get together and um, you got the coaching group uh, pre-season, uh, it, was there any sort of major themes that you – you, you all wanted to sort of focus on this year? Like a, was it a feeling like we could play finals? We believe we've got enough talent for finals this year or was there a theme about how you want to play? Uh, what what kind of some of the messages that you felt came across preseason? Yeah, I think it was just, you know, building from building on from that end of that 2019 season. Um, I actually sort of missed sort of the end of the 2019 season, but we finished off strongly and, you know, that was at, from our continual improvement. We knew that finishing there, we, we could keep 
keep improving and keep growing from where we left off in that 2019 season. So I think a big focus for us was to keep improving our skills, keep working on our structures and, and strategies. Um, and so I think that was a big focus during the off season, but also uh, during the preseason, sorry, but also just sort of, um, it, it was a relatively short preseason in that this is the first season that we've played started in February so yeah as I said it was relatively short but we had um, a lot of like hard work that we did in that short amount of time so I think yeah putting in that effort and and making sure that every training session we were giving a hundred percent um to, to make sure that we could best prepare for for the 2021 season. That's an interesting point you make there I think if I'm correct, you've been um, with the club or with the VFLW side sort of since its inauguration um, back in the day. Sure I, have, yeah. 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 What, what's changed? What, what's changed for you? And I know um, the circumstances of 2020 changed for everybody um, and that's changed from 2019 and 21's different. But have, have you noticed anything that's changed since you've started there or um, any of the, the players that of have course. come through? yeah. I think just in general, we're more experienced. Um, you know, it, the the AFLW and the VFLW, it's still sort of in its growth stage. And I think that um, from our first uh, inaugural season, a lot of our girls maybe hadn't had that many seasons under their belt or had come from different sports. So football was sort of maybe a, a new thing to a lot of us and we were still getting used to you know, football knowledge and football structures, terminology. So I think yep. um, a big thing for us is that we're more experienced now and um, we've learnt a lot as a team. We've learnt a lot as individuals. So I think, um, you know, as each season gets goes, as each season goes on, we, we get better individually and we get better as a team and working together and, and knowing how each other play and knowing knowing our structures and that kind of thing. Speaking of um, players coming from other clubs, are you one of those wildly talented people that have uh, been at a high level at another um, sport and then come to AFL? No, I wouldn't say that I've been at a high level of another sport, but I, I have definitely always been um, involved in sport. And, you know, whether that be, I, I played netball growing up, but I also played tennis and basketball. I sort of, I loved getting involved in anything that I could. So any sort of opportunity that came up, I would, um, I would, you know, get in there and, and give it a go. So, um, yeah, I haven't, I haven't played high level sport at any, any other um, sports, but yeah, definitely um, had that sort of sporting background and and the skills definitely do transfer over to football. So that's been handy. Now, Alex, uh, I do watch the AFLW the last uh, two or three seasons on, on sort of TV coverage. It, it felt like, uh, and I'd love to get your thoughts on this if, if, if you feel similar, it felt like there was quite a significant jump this year. Um, it felt like the competition was really hot and, and, um, just the skills, the competitiveness, the, um, maybe even in like fitness levels, just to be able to, you know, repetitive running to contests. Uh, I, I felt like, like this is some of the most exciting football that's come, um, from the AFLW this year. It just seemed like the competition just really went to another level. Um, yeah, it's awesome to hear you say that. And I, I think everyone sort of is realizing that. I don't know whether it's sort of been that maybe time off, um, sort of that off season where people have been working hard to improve their, 
improve their skills, um, whether that be their running skills or just, you know, kicking, handballing, um, any of that. So I think, you know, everyone's working hard to keep improving and, and I think that's actually showing out in the field. So it, it's really good to see. Now, what we do have though, let's concentrate on next weekend because this <laughs> is a biggie. This is, you know, this is the this is what this is what every athlete kind of wants, right? They want to go, where are we really at? We want to be tested. Port Melbourne, top team. You guys have won three in a row. Do you? How do you go into this? Do you just say we're just going to embrace it as a team, um, the challenge, and just have fun and just attack? How? How's? What's the communication around around the players? Definitely, yeah, yeah. I think um, you know all of that. Embrace the challenge. We know it will be a challenge, so I think um, that's really important to acknowledge, especially going sort of from um, Darabin uh, last weekend. To, to Port Melbourne, top of the ladder. So I think, um, yeah, it will be a challenge, but I think the big focus is how we prepare during the week and, and making sure that we're doing everything that we can to be best prepared for um, for our, our competition on the weekend. So um, just making sure that we're having um, some good good trainings this week and, um, and yeah, doing, doing everything um, that we can. So, um, yeah, looking forward to to being on the track this week with the girls and working on what we've been working on all season um, to, to come up against that that um, that competition in Port Melbourne. Yeah. I'm curious too, even with the, the Derebin game, it, say it's like, it was, I think it's half time from memory. It's, it's, it's sort of like around the 45 or something to nil. Um, <laughs> how do you go into yeah. half time? Because... Uh, and I'm not going to talk about a football team being up by around 40 points. I was, was going to say, if, if, well, if this is a positive response, could you tell the guys how to go, how, <laughs> what to do after a 40 point lead? That'd be great. No, no. How did, you know, do you, I'm sure your coach says, you know, the first thing to do is actually treat it like the scoreboard doesn't exist. Um, yeah, that's exactly it. You know, that's what Meg said to us um, at half time, you know, zero, zero, let's reset here again. We can't take the foot off the pedal. We've got to go back out there and we've got uh, another half to, to go. So, um, I think that was really important. And I think sort of, we did go out there and Darabin did sort of come back at us, but, um, it was just making sure that we were still out there and we were still giving it our all. Now you've, you've said it's, um, you've got to put a lot of time and effort into how you prepare yourself. All, um, elite athletes do. You've, you've also, I think I'm correct in saying that you've uh, taken up a role within the men's team as an AFL operations assistant. Um, how do you prepare? What, is, what does Alex Morecambe do during the week to help prepare yourself with juggling from a job to, um, to the track to weekends and then at home? How do you prepare yourself for a week on a weekly basis? Yeah, yeah. Well, um, you know, yeah, work's obviously a big part of life and, um, it's, it's been really amazing to join the team at Essendon in their footy department and sort of see the behind the scenes of, um, of the AFL program and, and see how they all operate and see the work that they're putting in. I think, you know, juggling both, it's, it's been really good. I've really enjoyed, um, enjoyed seeing, seeing the men's side of it and then sort of making sure that, well, I'm obviously learning a lot from their program and then just you know, once the the day the working day's done, it's then about resetting the mind and then getting back into the training mindset. So I've actually um, 
I, so I'm working three days a week with Essendon and doing um, Tuesday and Thursday, which is our training night at working at Essendon. So I've sort of um, been going in to work in the morning and, and I've got my work work mind on and then yeah. sort of after after knockoff time, it's um, actually making the effort I, I leave my training gear in the car so I go back out and sort of switch hats and then come back into the club um, and get ready for training so I think that's been working but um, I'm just loving being busy to be honest Uh, I think I sort of that suits me being busy and being able to just keep going and so yeah it's been good so far it's um I must admit it probably is um, you know, a bit tiring at times, but I'm, I'm really loving it. It's that, been, been great. That's what I was sort of thinking earlier with, with what you were saying just then about having to switch minds. I mean, you'd, you, okay, you've got the AFL operations assistant and you're, you're doing that three days a week and your focus is on that. You've got your work attire on and your work brain on. And then, yeah, like you said, in a, in, you're going to walk down the front stairs, I assume, whip out the car, <laughs> grab the grab the gym bag and then switch on to yeah, AFL it's got to be tiring. You'd be spending as much or more time um, at the club than most people at the club. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it's been good. Um, it, it can be tiring, but I love it. So I guess, um, you know, the love for it uh, is, is what keeps me going and, and what gets me out there. So, yeah, Excellent. it's been, been good. Yeah. Am I right in saying is the hangar now fully kind of – I know it's not fully built, all the extension parts, but like as far as changing rooms and all that kind of stuff, uh, is that now more complete? You, you, yeah, yeah. We've actually just recently moved into the um, the recently completed. Uh, I guess they're calling it the the VFL slash AFLW um, change room. So it's been amazing um, to have sort of a space that we can sort of call out call our own. And um, it, yeah, the facilities there are just incredible it's um it's a very amazing facility to be in and I think we're very lucky that we have that uh that those facilities and that environment um that we get to use that so yeah it's, it's pretty incredible there's still a little bit of work to be um done with the extensions but just even even seeing what they have done is is yeah, really awesome and really great for our program. I don't think you're lucky at all, Alex, to be quite frank. That's, <laughs> that is the absolute minimum that elite athletes need. There should be absolutely no difference there. So, mate, absol- I'm, I'm very I'm very happy that the club's done what they've done, but th- that's that's the absolute minimum that you guys deserve. Yeah. So enjoy no, that. No, but the, the club has always been supportive. I mean, even from from our inaugural season, we've always had um, those, those facilities, you know, we've always trained at the hangar and, and being able to train there and and is, has been incredible, and also having the support in you know our coaching staff and our um, our physios, doctors, trainers, all of the above, our um, our operations team. So it has been a, a pretty pretty awesome um, environment to be in right from the start, and I think it's just sort of really just keeps growing you know it's the, yep. the growth and continual growth and yeah it's been pretty pretty awesome to see where we're at now and I can't wait to see where it goes in the future as well well Alex you have been awesome hey if fans wanted to get down to the game against Port Melbourne um not to sorry to put you on the spot do you do you know the the date and time yet and when the location yeah of course no we're playing at the hangar so it's a home game oh, yeah, um, at 10, yeah love it 
at 10.30am this Sunday. Excellent. So we'd love to see you down there. We do have some awesome supporters um, that come down and, and cheer us on, so we'd love to see you there. Well, I'll, look, I'll make a commitment to come down and watch. So, <laughs> nice. um, Amazing. So. What, what number should they be uh, following for Alex Morecambe? 21 this year, yeah. 21, excellent. Keep an eye on 21 bursting three packs. <laughs> <laughs> no, so, I love that. <laughs> yeah, it's been so such a pleasure and honour to speak to you, Alex. Uh, I, I'll be there Sunday. Um, I'm looking forward to it. I love a big clash. So um, thank you so much for joining the show. If, if you, We'd love you to be a friend of the show if, if, in future if that if you'd be more than kind to uh, of course, be of open. Of course, of course. That would be amazing. <laughs> and, you know, once, you, once we call someone the, the podcast, you know. Uh, without a shadow of a doubt, Alex. So I, I generally the generally the person that does it. And Alex Morecambe is now officially the lunchtime catch-ups person. <laughs> <You're> the, <laughs> Thank the, you. The lunchtime catch-ups, Alex Morecambe um, will be uh, – do they, do they do BNFs? Do they do um, Brownlow-type things for VFLW yet? Yeah, we have an end-of-season sort of celebration and, um, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, I reckon that's uh, that's it's it's on the it's, it's on the cards. Sorry. Alex Morecambe for, uh, for Essendon being there this year. Thanks, guys. You're too kind. <laughs> no problems at all. Thank you very much, Alex, for joining Thanks us. So we much. really appreciate it. Thank you so appreciate much. It. Talk soon. See you later. Bye bye. Welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast. Now then, a massive thank you to our guest um, on this show, uh, Alex Morecambe from the uh, Essendon VFLW team. A really, really nice chat with a nice person. That was, uh, uh, it was great to have her on. Fantastic. Uh, I'm looking forward to Sunday for the big clash. So, um, uh, look, besides that, we've gone on for way too long. Yeah, this, um, this is going to be a long one. Uh, I'm almost going to put music on myself just to drown me out. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> uh, thanks so much. A good heated debate. I like when me and Grant – was. A, this is what they, what we do. We don't really tell each other too much before we come on. And you can Hopefully you can tell by that. It's two fans. Like We may disagree, but, you know, we'll, we're – Five minutes away from a drink as well, so yeah, uh, absolutely, and, and that's <laughs> that's how I mean, we do we've it. been doing that for thirty odd years. But um, yeah, no, we we really appreciate everybody listening. Uh, this is uh, this is one of those tough podcasts where we we sort of looked at each other as we, before we started and went, do we run through stats and do we run through all that stuff? And we, we sort of looked at each other and went, yeah, look, a lot of people got twenty possessions. Pidge was a star, uh, Merritt was a star. Um, but everybody sort of lowered their colours. So I think this one was more from the from the heart for both of us, just a bit about sort of – I've been thinking, lying in bed when I should have been thinking about um, counting sheep, um, I've been sitting there thinking about wh- what happened and why and <laughs> then trying to overlay um, Truck and his new new uh, new status at the club and trying to learn lessons and all of these things that I've been trying to overlay. So it's, it's a good it's a good opportunity, these sort of podcasts, to have a vent. Um, yes. So we're, we're really sincerely hoping that we can get over the line against Port next week, but I <laughs> wouldn't hold I think breath. it's fair to say we're not favourites. No, I um, don't know that we'll be holding our breath particularly highly. Um, just three of the premier small forwards in in the and, one team. And, and we have no hardly any back yeah, players. Yeah, 
yeah, just, yeah, just yeah. butters, Fantasia and Grey. Forward schmords. Anyway, um, mate, look, they can find us. Uh, if you want to find us, you can get us on the socials. You can get us on uh, the Facebook page, um, Instagram, uh, the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast, Twitter on the uh, – what, what, what is Twitter? We couldn't get the Lunch- Lunchtime Catch-Up pod- yeah. Podcast. Yeah, we just got the lunch cat lunch. What, what the did lunch we, catch up? What did we get? Been doing it for 121 shows. The lunch catch up on Twitter. Um, they can get you a Scooter McNeese on yes. Twitter. Um, and uh, for anybody that would, uh, and especially all of our new listeners, um, and potentially the new uh, people that have come off the Facebook page, if you would like, we have a Patreon page. Um, Scotty and I do minimum two sh- extra shows a week. We do a. <laughs> We've actually done three shows the last. 48 to 72 hours. Yeah, so, uh, you do get extra content. So, Absolutely. Uh, for uh, as, as little as a couple of bucks, um, you can go up a couple of tiers and, and get a few extra bits and pieces from Scotty and I. But we do a um, post-team selection show um, exclusively yep. for our Patreons um, and our uh, post-game reaction yep. um, to after the games. And again, just as a reminder, we um, if we're going to be going to a few games this year, and we will be, uh, we probably won't be able to do those immediate directly after the game inside a 30-minute kind of um, reaction shows. Um, we'd love to. And again, if we're, if we're not going to interstate games, then... <laughs> Our car doesn't have a studio, unfortunately. Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> so it, we, we can do those as fast as is humanly possible um, or the very next day. So we appreciate that. Come over and check us out at patreon.com at the forward slash lunchtime catch-up podcast. Um, and you can get all that exclusive content for as little as $2. Yeah, and... and you know, if I get to go to any of the VFLW or the AIR or the um or the VFL, then I, I try and do a quick little twenty minute, yeah. thirty minute yeah. kind of wrap up from what I see as well, just to to give people a bit of a, a bird's eye view of what's Absolutely. happening. Absolutely, we can get um we got a heap of uh, heap of new listeners over there, so we're really enjoying it. But um, thank you everybody for listening. Uh, we will talk to you guys very soon for probably on Friday for our team selection show. Um, but until then, have a good week, and we will talk to you guys <laughs> soon. Go Bombers.